First Baptist Athens offers this podcast of devotions for Lent. Today's devotion is offered by Mike Cleland. It is based on the story in Genesis 21, 8-21, when Hagar and Ishmael are sent away. The scripture is read from the New Revised Standard Version. The devotion begins with music provided by Sarah Delbane playing What Wondrous Love Is This Arranged for Flute. Lay aside everything else for the next few minutes. Allow the music to settle your soul, making space to listen for God. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of this boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring." So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bowshot, For she said, Do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted her voice and wept. 
And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven, and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. I love Woody Allen's story in the movie Annie Hall about a woman who goes to a psychiatrist because her husband thinks he's a chicken. After a full evaluation and subsequent therapy sessions, a psychiatrist cannot convince the man he's not a chicken. A little bit frustrated, he says to the wife, why don't you simply tell him he's not a chicken? Because, she replied, I need the eggs. I have often gone back to this story as a perfect example of how relationships can be dysfunctional. It's funny, but it's also true. It gets at why we all too often put up with stuff in our relationships that logic would tell us should never be tolerated. Because at the end of the day, we need the eggs. Today's story in Genesis chapter 21, verses 8 through 21 is a troubling one on many levels that certainly illustrates how the actors, God, Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, and Ishmael, all needed eggs at one level or another, and how troubling Bible passages become even more troubling when you examine them in detail and take note of the verbs. Phyllis Tribble, a leading feminist scholar, has designated this passage as one of Four texts of terror in the Bible. An example where women and children are often sublimated and not heard in the scriptures, usually where men are the bad actors and even God may be misunderstood or understood all too well. Tribble examines these texts of terror where patriarchy, power, and privilege affect those who are the marginalized. Guess what? This order still affects the marginalized today. Today, I invite us to examine these texts using a tool called the hermeneutics of suspicion, as understood first by Paul Ricoeur. Simply put, let us question the text in terms of the rationale of the writers. Did they use a patriarchal power structure to explain theology? Is it okay to thrust people to the margins at the expense of their well-being and lives. Is there a way where we as the reader can question the motivation of the text? So it is in this passage that we find Sarah, who holds privilege and power within a previously accepted patriarchal structure. Why? because she is the one, as the mother of Isaac, who plays the significant role in fulfilling the promise of descendants who are as numerous as the sands of the sea, as indicated in Genesis 32, verse 12. Only one problem. Sarah, like many other biblical women, is barren. Earlier in the narrative, in Genesis 16, 
It was Sarah, known as Sarai at this stage. It was her idea for Abram to take Hagar, the slave girl, to his bed and produce an offspring to fulfill God's promise, and by extension, an offspring to her as well. Great idea until it wasn't. The problem was that Hagar became pregnant right away and evoked this response from Sarah. May the wrong done to me be on you, referring to Abraham. I gave my slave girl to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't have wanted to have been Abraham at that point. Look at those verbs. Wrong, be on you, saw, looked with contempt. Our text, Genesis 21, 8 through 21, carries this story even further. Now Sarah has given birth to Isaac, so all should be well. They should be a happy family. But no, Isaac and Ishmael become guilty of doing what children do. They played together. Not a good verb in this context. Sarah, in a commanding voice, tells Abraham to cast out Hagar and Ishmael. Notice, if you look at the passage carefully, how their names are not even used. This slave woman and her son are used. And even though Abraham is distressed, he does it. Why? Because he needs the eggs. Because Sarah is his wife, and he isn't about to cast her out along with Isaac, the child he's been waiting for for so long. So Abram rose up and sent her away. I would parenthetically point out, we pay attention to this verb in the Abraham story, rose up, and I indicate Genesis 22, verse 3 and following in the story of Isaac. Now notice that Yahweh has given Abraham assurance that even though Hagar and Ishmael will be sent away, it will be all right because Ishmael will become a great nation too. Well, I guess this implies the child will live and everything will be fine. However, verses 15 through 16 are extremely sad. Hagar kept the child alive as long as she could, but at the end she cast him under a bush and left him. She didn't want to see him die, which is understandable, but it is an action I find very few mothers would emulate. This family has been truly cast aside. Abraham cast Hagar, and Hagar cast Ishmael. Why? Because they were number two players in the promise. Those who lack privilege end up being made the victim by those who are in power. Now the story ends on an upbeat note as far as it goes. Hagar's weeping generates a response from Yahweh, who interestingly hears the voice of the boy. We can be generous and assume that Ishmael's weeping and Hagar's weeping generates a response from God. Being shaken out of her grief, Yahweh gives Hagar sight and insight to find a well of water. The boy's life is saved, and their story goes on albeit far from the primary actors of the promise. To our knowledge, never reunited with Abraham and Sarah and Isaac again. Hagar in this text becomes the model of all rejected women, so says Tribble in her book, Texts of Terror. 
She is the faithful maid exploited, the black woman used by the male and abused by the female of the ruling class, the surrogate mother, the resident alien, the runaway youth, the pregnant young woman alone, the divorced mother with child, the homeless woman. And unfortunately, this all happened because Abraham did not stand up for what was right and gently, lovingly correct Sarah and tell her that no one does any casting out in this family. We are all one. But he didn't because he was afraid of losing his eggs, which were Sarah, Isaac, and the promise of God. Sarah was afraid of losing her egg, Isaac, and so others were harmed in the process. This Lenten season, let us stand up and do what is right, morally and ethically. O God, may we all be Abrahams and Sarahs who do the right thing for everyone in our sphere of influence. Amen. Amen.